Thanks for tuning in and welcome to Same As It Ever Was, where we literally don't know what we're going to talk about. Are you there, buddy? What are you doing? What's going on, brother? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it's another outstanding episode of Same As It Ever Was, Same As It Ever Was. Hello to all the people out there in internet radio land. How art thou? How oh, <laughs> so, an era of I, an era of the Shakespearean. I had a conversation uh, about you with my brother. Oh, interesting. My oldest brother, because he recently purchased a a used boat. Okay. And uh, I mean, you know, in Texas, mind you, he was talking about like, like I'm like, hey, so where's your boat? You know. He lives off the lake, and he was like, oh, uh, I, I took it in because I had to have it winterized. Oh, yes. That's, a, that's, and I was, that's an experience. Well, at first, I was like, okay, hold on, wait. <laughs> 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 How much winterizing needs to be done in Texas? Uh, I don't, uh, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, it's I, like, I can only imagine that they do the same stuff. Regardless, I think because well, I'll tell you the interesting thing. So you is, need to tell me. Hold on, when you winterize a boat in Maine, it's the same as you would winterize it in northern Texas. I would say yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. It's well because the interesting thing is is that the manufacturer will typically provide uh, sort of a a checklist. Of yeah. all the things that need to be done in order for the motor to be, you know, officially or, or properly, quote unquote, winterized. Um, yeah, so... he mentioned antifreeze and then disconnecting the hoses. Uh, well, antifreeze is something that you would use. Um, I mean, like, are you talking about like antifreeze that's in water? I don't. I don't. I. I, I well, don't because know. the only reason that I ask is because the typically the only time that we would use antifreeze of any of any kind would be if you were if you had a boat that had uh, like live wells. Okay. You know what? Obviously, what a live. Do you know what a live well is? Nope. He's got a Bayliner Avanti. So yeah, I mean, uh, uh, usually it's the uh, a live well is basically like if you've got a boat that you fish off of, and it's got tanks that normally have water in them, so uh, that when you catch the fish, you can just put them in the well, yeah. and like they hang out in there, or or you know if you're using live bait, then you have a well that you or this thing that you put the fish in, and it keeps the fish stay alive in there. Um, basically if you have anything that actually has water in like any, 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 uh, system that has water in it, uh, that you want to use antifreeze to avoid those, those, uh, lines freezing and then cracking, you know, um, is it, is it an outboard? No, it's an inboard. Oh, okay. So it's, and maybe that's why. We don't do a whole lot of like at the at the boatyard that I'm at. We actually don't do a whole lot of. Well, I don't think we do any inboards. I maybe one or two. Uh, sometimes you have a motor that's called. It, it's an IO. It's an inboard outboard. Um, yeah. Just basically meaning that the main uh, functioning part of the motor itself is actually inside of the boat. Uh, the what we call the lower unit, which is the part where the the propeller comes off of, right? Uh, actually, is on the outside, so it's sort of like half in and half out. Uh, mm. But I'm not sure about if you had like an inboard motor. You might. I can imagine maybe you would need to have uh, antifreeze because those motors, the, like those IOs, and I, I, the couple inboards that I've seen. Uh, it's basically those motors are dude that's like a car engine when yeah. you see it, it i mean it's like a it's a motor that's made by ford or by gm 
I mean, it literally when if you didn't know it belonged, if it, if you didn't know it came from a boat, you just saw it on the ground or like hanging from a winch or something. Like you'd think it was that somebody had taken out of the hood of a car because it's like we pulled one just the other day off this guy out of this guy's boat. He the motor he had had seized. And so he bought a new engine for it. So they had to pull the old engine out, completely disconnect it, pull it out, and then put this new engine in. Um, and, I mean, it, it was like a V8. I think it was like a 350 or something like that. Which nice. for a little boat, like this dude's boat, I mean, this thing is like a little speedster. So, I mean, dude, you, I'm thinking like that thing's got like a freaking 350 in the back and it's this little thing like this that boat has to haul ass i think i heard somebody saying this past summer when it was in the shop that this guy could get it over 70 miles an hour which on the water is freaking fast like you're gonna be flirting with disaster if you're riding a boat that goes that fast dude yeah you have to have pretty good like conditions overall yes you do the water has to be like glass or it's going to be like that. Have you seen that video where the guy's like, turn down for what? And like, no, dude. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, my God. I know dude. that's not your YouTube. I know that's not your YouTube not, Thursday video. Not. But for folks listening to this show, if you have not seen that video, you have to pull it up on YouTube. Because, dude, it is hilarious and frightening at the same time. These I people, know, these people, they're like the beautiful people. They have these people have a... Uh, it's like a GoPro camera that's on the dash of this speedboat. And the boat they're on, they are hauling ass on it. Booking it. And they're all standing there in their, like, the bikinis and their board shorts looking all yep. cool. And, and, the, and I, you know, they're going, they're going. And that, what, who does that song? Turn down for what? Yeah. It's, dude, and it, keeps, it just keeps cycling that, that lick. Turn down for what? Well, and, and you can see, like, I've I've watched the longer version of it. Yeah. And he he's he's about three quarter throttle, and you see that either he sees some waves or there are waves going, and uh, and he throttles back. Well, what happens in a boat when you throttle back? Do you know? How do you mean? Like, like or, what or, happens like, when you're like what happens to inertia? Uh, uh, and just physics when you when you're throttling back on a on a boat. Well, I mean, it's you're going to continue to move forward. You are, but when when but you lose control of a considerable amount of control of steering when that prop is no longer engaged. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so you see him. He he comes to these waves and he and he uh uh he he throttles back way too much. And oh, that's yeah. when he loses it. Well, and it's crazy. It? I don't know if you could... T- I don't know. You can't tell from the video, but it looks like something happens in front of the boat. Right. Because you can see, like you say, you can see this guy tries at the last second to... to it's strange I'm going to use this term, this phrase. We've oh, used this... Ev- ev- evasive maneuvers. We've used this term like twice now in the past couple of weeks, which is weird. Uh, but you see him in the last second try to take like take an evasive maneuver and it's too fucking late and you don't see him necessarily haul on the wheel but it's like this combination of things that happen super quick and the boat basically like the people in the boat are essentially crash test (laughs) (laughs) it is awful to say that but that is essentially what they become they are ragdolls. They become ragdolls. <laughs> like, you know, you think to yourself, like, I wonder if these people would have been better off just getting thrown overboard. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Because instead of getting thrown, although water at high speeds will take on the consistency of, like, concrete. Uh, but I have a feeling that the, because this boat, it, it, this boat, it, it, it slows down so- because of what happens. Yeah, he, he definitely turns sideways. Right. I mean, because you see the boat sort of flips almost like sideways. And dude, and that's the thing is that when the music's going, turn down for what? You see freaking these people just... With, Perfect. No, no way to control it, dude. It is like these are the forces of nature, people. 
and the forces of the universe are throwing you to that deck so hard that even if I don't care how beautiful you look. I, I don't care how strong you are, dude. Like you could be holding on for dear life. That that, that those forces are going to rip you that you know rail out of your hand. And oh my god! And you see that. What's funny is that the dude driving. He kind of does this like where both of his arms and it might have been just gravity, like in inertia, like go to his side and he's like, like, <laughs> that just he can jack that up. He gets jacked and... up. <laughs> like, and, then, and then the lady in the middle with the gold bikini on, oh, yeah, like, yeah. her hair's full of water. What just happened? Because one of them. One of these girls in this video, you can tell that you can tell that in that in the course of getting thrown to the deck, her face hits something. I don't know yeah. if it was one of the seats or something like that, <laughs> but you can see. I mean, everyone in the boat, with the exception of maybe one or two of these dudes, as soon as this thing is done, they immediately are like sort of trying to clamor to their feet, but they all have this look of absolute shock. <laughs> just like what the fuck just happened you know oh my god it really it's a testament dude it's a testament because i mean i was talking with uh i've talked with dudes at work before like um some of these boats that we get in are some of them have some pretty antiquated stuff uh like rigging going on like they have steering but the old school boats used to literally have like like cables with pulleys on them and it was like the steering wheel you would turn right or left and the pulleys that ran along the underneath the rails on the side of the boat would run to the back and through these pulleys and connect to either side of the motor and so when are these motor boats are sailing no these are motor boats Wow. And like, so these are old motors that they, like you would turn right or left and that pulley literally physically would, would pull left or right and turn the motor appropriately to turn the boat in that direction. Right. We're, you're so far beyond that today. I mean, that's an an- antique that you see. And some of these people, I mean, I've seen a couple boats that have come into our shop where they still have, it'll be an old wooden boat and they'll have this antiquated rig and the motor that's on the back. Like you'll see, I'm dude. I, I don't, I obviously don't know like a ton about boats, but I know enough about boats that when some of the dudes I work with who've been doing this for a hot minute and a boat like, like that comes in and I see the look on their faces because the look on their faces is like, uh, that's a death machine. Like if like, because what happens um, is, like, if, you lo- if you're going top speed and you lose control of your steering on something like that, say, like, one of these pulleys or something just gave way, that motor now, like you're talking about, dude, that motor now has taken on a life of its own. And you have no control over it. And, and, and usually what will happen is because the, because the, the prop is rotating one particular way it will drive the it will drive the motor to 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 spin in that direction and i mean if you're going top speed and all of a sudden you lose control and that motor just suddenly wink just like spins to one side dude you're going overboard and you're not going over gently like that thing's going to toss you um and like i say so it's it's one of those things you see these people who are out there like you know I was watching have you seen there's a documentary that's on uh there's a documentary that I watched last night that's on Netflix called Operation Odessa I've seen it pop up on things I might like but I haven't what it is insane it is insane Jeremy it's insane it's about these freaking these Colombian drug dealers like Pablo Escobar, right, who through people that he was working with in the United States had determined that they wanted to buy a Russian submarine. And 
like, because this was when the Soviet Union had fallen. And basically these guys go over there and realize <clears throat> that everything in Russia is for sale. Everything. They, they, they initially start out by going to, they start out by going to this uh, Russian military air station, right? This air base. And, or no, they, they called, they wanted to rent a helicopter to fly out because they were going to make this, this transaction. And so they call and they're like, uh, you know, we want to rent a helicopter. And the woman at the, at the air base is like, uh, well, we don't rent helicopters. And he's like, okay, well, uh, I mean, is that something maybe you could, she's like, you can buy one. And, you know, basically they end up going there and there's like 400 freaking helicopters there. And they're selling these helicopters for virtually nothing because they're just like, what the fuck? What are we going to do with them? Like, we have no real military now. We can't afford to operate these things. They can't afford to fly them. They're just sitting there. So they're just like, yeah, we'll sell you stuff. And so it gets to this point where Pablo Escobar and his his boys down there, they decide that they want to buy a Russian sub. And so, again, they go to freaking Russia and dude, they're talking about how like they meet with this guy or this this guy contacts his buddy in like St. Petersburg and says, hey, can you find out if this is something we can do? He gets a call back. The guy's like, yeah, they can do that. He's like, but I just have a question for you. Do you want to buy it with missiles or without? <laughs> like these guys, they meet these freaking Russian admirals and these they get drunk with them and they're hanging out, whatever. And these guys are honestly asking, these admirals and stuff are asking these guys, like, you guys want to buy a nuclear bomb? <laughs> They're like, no, no, uh, I'm sure. No, like, we're, we want nothing. I mean, it is a crazy story. They wanted, they wanted to transport 40 tons of cocaine into the United States using this Russian military sub. I mean, it was just, it's a crazy ass. What do you see it? What it made me think of, though, is that there's this part in the in the documentary where they're talking to this dude who was running a, a marina down in Miami, and he started building uh, speedboats for the drug cartels. And, you know, initially they want to buy just these ones that are already manufactured. Then he starts specially designing these things. And he's talking about how he's designing these, they call them cigarette boats. You know what I'm talking about? No. It's like the it's like a long skinny boat that's got these massive engines. They use them in like these you know these uh these boat races. These speedboat oh, okay. races, yeah, yeah. right? I didn't know those were called cigarettes. That's what boats. he keeps calling them in the documentary. Like yeah, I was building cigarette boats. And uh and he's talking about how he finally gets to the point where he's designing these things with jet engines. Like, because their only concern, the guys buying this, is that they have to be fast and they have to be able to go long distance. You know, so, I mean, it's just nuts, man. Like, what some of these boats will do, you know? Um, And if you're, dude, if you're an inexperienced person out there goofing off and thinking you're being freaking cute or something, like, dude, that is living effing dangerously. It really is. It's, It's crazy. Crazy, but the winterization process should be the same for every boat, according to the manufacturer, regardless of where you live. The only antifreeze I ever put in anything is if it actually had water that was in tanks or systems or whatever. Uh, but the winter, most of the winterization process for any of the stuff that I did was really, it's like, uh, it's sort of like an oil change. Like you, you, they bring it in and you drain the gear oil. And you drain, depending on the on the manufacturer, like the make, um, you might have to drain the motor oil as well. Um, you change all the filters and you just lube up some stuff, uh, the steering and stuff like that. I mean, and, and some of the stuff, I mean, some of these boats, they'll come in and get winterized, man. And you'll like, dr- you'll start draining like the gear oil and you realize that this boat has has barely been used for the season. So it's sort of like, are we really going to drain all this gear oil? Like this thing's basically the oil that's in there is practically brand new. Um, same thing with the filters and stuff. But you know, taking care of boats ain't cheap, man. It is not cheap. 
And your brother is definitely, uh, yeah, <laughs> he's, you know. Well, and speaking of uh, boats, did you happen to see the Super Bowl boat parade? I did, that with, with Brady throwing the Lombardi trophy. Oh, my God, dude. Hammer victim. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, can you imagine if that boat, or can you imagine if that trophy just, like, fell in the water? Could you imagine what people yeah. would be? I mean, people are like, oh, my God, he's throwing it from boat to boat. Imagine if it fell in the water. I, I think Gronk would have dove in to get it. Oh, he would have, because, <laughs> I mean, he's crazy. Either that or, yeah. if it, either that or if he, like, didn't catch it and it fell on the boat that he was sitting in and, like, it got dented. Who was it? The uh, who, who was it? The the that, uh, the team that won the was it the Big Ten championship? The end of uh, the the college football season this year, and the guys from the team were all in the freaking in the locker room. Do you see that? The guy dropped the trophy. No, it was like it's like a it's like a crystal football, you know. And they're all in the locker room, and they're all freaking horsing around, and they're Whoa! you know whatever. And the dude freaking. Like he's like holding it up and shaking it, whatever, and it falls out of his hand and it shatters all over the locker floor, dude. <laughs> like, congratulations, congratulations, champ. <laughs> Just too freaking much. What? What? What are you? What are you? Are you indulging or no? So I'm about <laughs> to be indulging. Oh yes, of course. Yeah, I, I, I just really enjoy drinking that high lie beer. Oh yes, I know you are quite a fan. Yep. So yeah, I bought a bunch of them, so I got to drink those. I'm. Uh, have I have I talked about the doppelganger? No. Yes. Uh, from from Geary's. I thought I'd sp- talked about this on the show before. Um, nope. Yeah, Geary's Brewing Company since 1983. It's New England's first craft brewery. Um, so yeah, they, uh, they started brewing here in Maine a long time ago and it really became one of those things where, uh, you know, for a very long time, they were sort of famous for their pale ale. Um, you'd always come up here and I, at least I always used to come home on leave and I would always get a six pack of Geary's, uh, cause you'd always recognize that it was the shorter Brown bottle had a lobster on the, the cover, like on the, the can or the bottle. Um, yeah. And yeah, they they obviously are under new ownership now, and this new ownership is really uh, indulging in the craft brew thing. Um, and they're coming up with all sorts of IPAs and and whatnot. And uh, this one that I had bought last week, um, dude, you knowing you, you would love this. You would love this beer, uh, malty, uh, rich. It's a, it's a darker beer without being bitter. Um, the okay. rich, the rich with rich with malty sweetness and mild hop bitterness. Doppelganger is a full-bodied dark lager with a rich malt flavor and a clean, crisp finish. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. It is quite uh, quite delicious. Um, delish. Delish. Yes, it is. So pretty cool. I don't, I don't know if it's something you'd be able to get down there, but if, if, if you happen to see it, if you have the means, I highly recommend picking some up. That sounds like a great beer. No, it is. It is very, it is good. Uh, I, you know, obviously the whole IPA thing has really sort of taken a, a lot of the brewing world, I think, kind of by storm over the past five, ten years, uh, almost to the point of ridiculous. At least in my opinion, I do enjoy them. Uh, I, 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 I like to indulge. Some of them are quite delicious. I do. I have become, and I know I'm a homer, but I am a fan of the New England IPA. Yes, that's a great style. It is a great style. It's, uh, it's, it's juicy. Uh, it's not okay. as chewy. Okay. Not quite as bitter Okay. as okay. some of the IPAs. What I'm frustrated by is going to the store and that, that would be called the IBU. 
Okay. The, the, the bitter units. Okay. And, and the higher the IBU, the more dank in like, uh, some people say it smells like weed almost, but the more bitter that the, that the, the more stank be. there is on it. Yep. The more stank on it. Let, let me yeah. see what mine says what the IBUs is on this one. Let me see. Do this, does it say on every yep. 65? Really? I wonder if mine says. I wonder. I wonder if mine says something. I wonder if mine says. I wonder. I, I saw like... Rosenberg, and I'm wondering if you can tell me what the IBUs on my doppelganger are. Um, well, yeah, it doesn't. But um, okay. But I'm frustrated by the fact that I go to the store and it's it literally. I feel like it's nothing but IPAs. Here's a question for you. Whatever happened to wine coolers, dude? Uh, they've been replaced by seltzer. It is insane, Jeremy. I went to this. I went to the store. This was like last week or something. Whoa, I was going to. You're looking for gin, some fucking Bartles and James. Dude, my daughter was asking me like, hey, can you pick me up some freaking uh, like the not not necessarily Bartles and James, but the. Uh, uh, like Smirnoff. Oh yeah, I don't think they make that anymore. Uh, like they the Smirnoff. What was the other one that was like that? Not Bartles and James, but it was it was one of these companies. <laughs> whatever. You're like I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and I, I'm looking, and it was, it was Smirnoff Ice. I do remember it's Smirnoff Ice. I think they still had that. God, I can't remember what the name of it was. But anyway, my whole point is that I'm looking around and it's it's seltzer, seltzer, seltzer. So I'm like, this seltzer thing is out of control. Out of control. Out of control. Out of Coors, control. Coors, Coors, seltzer. What? Uh, Budweiser, what was seltzer. Save the, save the rivers drink. I didn't, I didn't want to sit in my room and play video games and drink this, but I'm trying to save the river. Save the river? Yeah, that's Coors Light. I, apparently, if you buy a six pack of their seltzer water things, that they don't they donate money to to preserve rivers. Maybe they should just take all the water from the seltzer and pour it in the rivers. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, save I will, the rivers real quick. Hey, the percentage is comparable. I, to... It tastes like shit. They mm, taste I mean, terrible. The, I do not like, like them. Opinion, I do man. not like them, Sam. I am. No I, one's making you drink them. No, they're not. But I've had them. Like that that white claw thing. Oh Jesus! The, the hell white claw. is that? The Karen like, drink. Like <laughs> the, the official drink of Karens. Of Karen. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh my you, God. you know it's a it's a fad, and I don't see it around anymore. But when I, I had it before, it was cool, and they still sell it up in, in Chicago area. But that's not that's not my father's root beer. Oh. This, that root beer, it tastes exactly like root yes. beer, but yes. it's like 13%. Oh, so yeah, in, I've had that. So in Chicago, where the company is located that makes it, they make a 50% alcohol version of that and it tastes exactly uh, the same as the 13 percent. that's a lie there's no way i'm i'm t- i'm honest to god hand on my heart like it that really possibly does. tastes the same and well i mean you take a where, how, do you, how do you get alcohol right it's sugar I, well i just know that when you have fermentation dude when you have some of those imperial those uh the fuck are they? You know what I'm like the uh, Imperial Whites, the beers. Yeah, I mean what that style of beer, which yep. tends to have a much higher alcohol content. I mean you yeah, you can taste beers. that, man. You're like gang, gang, yeah. Gang, gang. yeah, no this this I'm telling you. And what's what's crazy to me, like in Chicago, or I it, I think it's just Illinois. So if it's if your beer is over eight percent, they have to serve it in a smaller glass. Really? Actually, yeah, I so think I've been places that do that. You don't you don't get a beer that's like eleven percent in a pint glass. Well, that's I mean that's like some of the places down in Virginia, some of the little breweries down there. I've noticed that like you get some of the stuff that's a little more. But at the bars, no, they do not do that. 
they, they, at the bars, they'll give you a 12% beer and a pint glass, and you're like on your fourth one. Ball, 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 ball. Yeah. So, so, for instance, like that beer or a higher content beer or the root beer I was talking about, you would only get in like a four ounce glass, like a, a taste. Right. Sure, sure. God, I, I do miss some of those breweries down in Virginia Beach, man. They, some of them are really good. Yeah, well, like the the beer that I love called the Goat Locker, right? It's a stout, dude. It's eleven percent. Did so, did you just hear somebody go danger, danger, danger? I heard maybe it was your brother outside your house. <laughs> danger, 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 danger. Oh my god! But yeah, uh, it it's it's insane. Like some of the beers that they're coming out with now, and um, the the Veil. Brewing, not sponsored by Vale, which we were. Hmm. Um, they're known for having IPAs, and I would say the the taste is soft, but their high alcohol content, soup ultra low IBU. Really? Oh yeah. Hmm. It, it, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, but like what, I say, what are they doing right? So when you have guys like me who I enjoy high IBU IPAs, well. You're not going to sell a lot of beer to people like me, you know, on a on a distribution level. So then they figured out ways, and it started with those New England style uh, beers, right? Uh, that, let's make an I, IPA that has a low IBU. They're the ones like Hetty Topper up in Vermont. Yeah, they're 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 like to me like the father of of New England style IPAs, right? Um, and and that's what they've done. They've they've lowered the IBUs. So then, to what? To bring in females to start drinking that beer. You trying to say something, Jeremy? <laughs> uh, hey, it's just marketing, man. I'm not making. You're not making. I get it. I get it. So, so what did you think? Uh, the the list for the nominees of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Did you happen to? I, I did. That? I did glance at it. Uh, gosh, who was on there? You know, I'll tell you. You know, who I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm excited about right. Who you're excited about? Because I've talked about them before on the show about not making it in. Like, how are they not in the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Oh, who was it? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, Foo Fighters. No. Oh, they're gonna make it in. You think they will? The Go Go's. The Go Go's are on the list. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. No, I, because who who dude, they have? Go ahead. Dude, the Go Go, they better fucking make it in. That's all I'm saying. They they have to make it in. Well, they should. I mean, for for how long it's, it's been good. since they have ceased to be a thing. Well, I mean, they've you know, first commercial recording is at least twenty five years, I think. Okay. Uh, but this is so. This is literally the first time they've been nominated to be. Th- and to think about how they skyrocketed to success, and they're the only all female band to do that. How the fuck are they not in? The, right? I, I get you. I get. I get you. I mean, but this, now this is the thing. Because here, here are your nominees, ladies and gentlemen. Your nominees. Uh, Jay Z, Carol King, okay. okay, yeah, Tina, Tina Turner, she's in. She has to be in. If she's not in, then the, the system's broken. Uh, Mary J. Blige, yep, Kate Bush, mm. Devo. Uh, that's an in for me. Uh, Foo Fighters, in for me. The Go Go's. In for me, Shaka Khan. Uh, I have I, so I've that's four. I voted by the way. Okay, good. Because you can vote. Yeah. So I've already voted. I've I've already said in for me. Those are four. I'll tell you what the last one is. Uh, Fela Kuti. Yeah, he's uh, very influential, influential, but not enough people know who he is. Uh, LL Cool J. Mm-hmm. He's on the line for me. Uh, New York Dolls. Someone would say if Run DMC is in, LL Cool J should be in, but okay. And New York Dolls, yep, punk. Uh, Rage Against the Machine. In for me. Really? 
Yeah. Oh, man, I don't know about that. Uh, Todd Rundgren. He's, uh, he was on the line for me. Uh, Dion Warwick. And did you? Say- and last but not least. Oh, here we go. Iron Maiden. I know. Uh, so listen, I'm going to tell you this right now. Like, it was between Foo Fighters and Iron Maiden for me. Yep. And I will tell you that Foo Fighters are going to get in. You know how this is what I'm basing it on, and this is how I'm basing that Rage Against Machine is going to be in, right? Okay. Because the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame used to be a merit-based place. Like, people would get in based on their merits. But in the last, I would say, 10 years, in my opinion, it's also been based on, like, who's participated in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like, not not been, like, inducted, but just people you see at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame all the time. Okay. Because remember, Jan Winter... Who is, who basically owns the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, and it's based on him, and then like you know, a board of directors and all this other stuff. But he's also Rolling Stone, right? Like he has the final say, regardless of the fan vote and the board of directors of who gets in. Okay, and that's why so many bands have like, you know, Radiohead. Only two people showed up from the band. Um, who was the someone? Who was it that no one showed up? And I was like, "Damn!" Oh, I don't remember. I was like two years ago. Well, anyways, yeah, dude. People from Rage, i.e., Tom Morello, and the Foo Fighters are always involved with the ceremony somehow, some way. That that will piss me off, Jeremy. Well, it's it will tr- piss me off if freaking Rage Against the Machine gets into that shit and Iron Maiden does not. Iron Maiden is uh, it, the, the music of, of Iron How Maiden. How long did it take Rush to get in? It, oh, I, and that's, you know, and, and there you go. I mean, that's, you know, the music of the music of bands like Iron Maiden and Rush have defined entire genres of the music of rock and roll. Entire genres. Well, i i could I could make a case for Rage Against Machine on that because before the whole they were the the whole like fusion of rock rap. You could you could say Run DMC Aerosmith. Okay, you could even say uh, Debbie Harry. You know, was was the first like pop person to rap and stuff like that. But like. I could make a I could make a solid argument, and it it would be an argument about their what they contributed to the time space continuum. No, I mean, and like you say, that's an argument because there does it start. Talk to Tom Morello. Does does his is his influence Iron Maiden? I would say yes. Maybe I don't know, I, I, but that's and well, and I get that all things lead to other things, and that everybody's you know everybody's sort of piggybacking off of someone else and all the rest of that stuff. I mean, that's the nature of art period, you know? Um, But I think that the point is, is that there were like, there are other bands that there were other bands that were doing. There are other bands that at the same time were doing what rage was doing. You know, there were there were other bands like freaking Corn, and you know Lincoln Park, and all of these kind of bands that were they were basically part of that same movement. I don't necessarily, I mean, I'm not a fan of Corn or Lincoln Park or whatever, but the argument becomes like, you know, was was Rage Against the Machine any more influential than any of those other bands? Were they considered well, the forefathers? Not, remember, Rage, Rage is like 91 92 lincoln park man they didn't form until like the late 90s okay well what about corn <laughs> i don't uh, i mean that's I, i'm just i'm making an argument and my argument is my argument is is that is that iron maiden as a band and what they did so directly it was so new 
it it directly influenced everybody who came after because what they were doing was so radical that it was like whoa i mean this isn't this is this is this is not black sabbath you know it was just like with rush you know it was so it was so intricate and uh you know that it was that it was so the 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 thematic content of it was so uh god i don't want to say eloquent uh cerebral okay yeah i like that word you know i mean when when you had when you know here's this band right? i mean and and the shit got crazier as the years went along you know but it was like you know, when they started writing albums like, you know, when they started writing albums like Peace of Mind, uh, f- you know, with, with Flight of Icarus and The Trooper. I mean, The Trooper as a song. I mean, an entire generation of people listening to heavy metal. It's like, if you didn't know what the fucking Trooper was, you're not a metalhead. <laughs> Period. And I will say this, not to mention the iconic artwork well and that's part of it too that they brought something they had taken the idea of the heavy metal concert uh you know beyond i mean it was beyond even what you know kiss put on some elaborate stage shows you know they put on these insanely elaborate shows but i mean like you say they created this thing much much i guess in a way like kiss did where you know, they were able to create this entity, you know, that it wasn't just about the music, you know, it wasn't just about the guys in the band, whatever. It, they, were a, they were a singularity. It's almost like the way we talk about a business. You know, you don't talk about the business in terms of the people who work for it. It's just the business is what the business is. Um, yeah. And they were able to do that. I mean, it just, like I say, I mean... It's it, aside from aside from them. I will say interesting. I've never been a huge Kate Bush fan, but uh, I have listened to some of her stuff, watched some of her videos, um, and it never really occurred to me why she was such an obvious choice to work with uh, Peter Gabriel. Uh, she really was sort of an avant-garde artist, um, and especially as a female in rock and roll, she was never afraid to really take some risks. And that definitely you 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 pair that well with uh, with Peter, with Petro, and, uh, and obviously. And would you? Are, so there can only be five. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we're going to assume you... we're going to assume that Jay Z, Carol King, and Tina Turner are getting in. Can we? I think you have to say that Tina Turner and Carol King are getting in. Tina, at the very least, and Jay Z is like one of the world's biggest freaking because, because artists. Carol King, on the side of of being a songwriter, save a performer. Okay. Right. I, I mean, okay. I'm well, I'm saying okay, for those top three, if those Jay Z, Carol King, Tina Turner, who do you think gets in out of the three? Jay Z. So you think Carol King and Tina Turner don't? Of those three. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, so then, out of these other nominees, Mary J. Blige, Kate Book, Bush, Devo, Foo Fighters, Go-Go's, Iron Maiden, Shaka Khan, uh, Fela Kuti, LL Cool J, New York Dolls, Rage Against the Machine, Todd Rundgren, Dionne Warwick. I will say, let's go in reverse here. Uh, how out of that list, who does not get in no matter what? Todd Rundgren does not get in. Kate Bush. Kate Bush does not get Did in. Say- I agree with both of those. Nope. New York Dolls. New York Dolls will not get in. They nope. should, but they won't. Um, because they also... Because people don't know who the fuck they but, are. Just, there's, not lot, there's not a lot of people who knew, like, Todd, Todd Rundgren. Like, right. But that's what I'm saying. It's the same thing with the New York Dolls. It's very similar to my argument about Iron Maiden. You know, the New York Dolls were the wellspring of an entire genre of rock and roll. Let's think about this. You ready? You ready for this? Because this is another element of 
we got to think about whether we like it or not. Uh, the social media aspect and if there there is fan voting that is involved. Yes. I don't know what the percentage is. Yeah. Um, but you know who's got the bigger fan base online? No, that's that's very true. Very true. All right. Who? So I'm going to tell you right now, based on fan voting, uh, right now, who would you think number one would be? Out of all of them. Yep, and I have I have the numbers in front of me. I would say, well, I would say probably. I'd say Foo Fighters is probably number one. Or Jay-Z, no. Jay-Z is number one. He's 13. What? In the fan voting. Wow. But you know what? He's he's not really, like, people think that he's big on social media, but not really. Uh... Who do you think number one is? It's surprising. Um, Mary J. Blige. Not even in the top. What? Who is it? Tina Turner. Holy mackerel! Really? Currently, right? The voting stands is Tina Turner, Foo Fighters, Iron Maiden. The Iron Maiden Army. What? What do they call the fans? Do they have a? No, it's just up the irons. That's what the that's the big thing with Iron Maiden. Number four, Carol King. Mm. Okay. And then rounding out, number five was the Go Go. Okay. Now I will tell you that when voting started on the first day, Fella Cootie had like a hundred and sixty-five votes. Fella Cootie is now. Number six. Wow. And Rage Against Christine is number seven. And Rage on day one was in the top five. Yeah. Like you say, I mean, there's so many factors that go into the whole thing. I mean, again, I mean, there's like your personal thing. And then obviously there's the industry thing. I mean, for me, out of all of these, I would, for my personal five, Tina Turner, uh, Iron Maiden, New York Dolls, uh, Devo, and Foo Fighters. I, I think, I think that Fellow Cootie probably has the best chance of uh, winning the fan yeah. vote. Yeah, if, if he does it properly, because he's from Nigeria. Okay, but I guarantee you could have an entire continent or two. Vote sure, him. no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, like I say, when is when's the uh when do the results come out? Ooh. That's a good question. I don't I don't know when they end. That I am definitely not sure of. When is the ceremony? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, uh April thirtieth. Okay. Is is when the votes Okay. Are. And you know, did you did you happen to see this past year's ceremony that they had they had postponed it and then they came out with it and it was virtual? I don't remember that. Yeah, it was it was okay. Uh, very interesting. Like you know, Trent Reznor, uh, right? Nails yeah, made it. Depeche Mode. Um, so from that aspect, it was it was kind of cool. Like just having like a personal one on one with them. With no, I mean, they don't, they don't really do like a time limit uh, on, on like how long they speak. They kind of let them speak. And, and then it was also like uh, the person that's inducting them. So that was kind of weird. And then not having the the performances. I always enjoy. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, like sometimes it's like other musicians perform their favorites, and then the band performs. Right. If they're still... Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite, and, you know, probably, God, it's probably been close to 10 years now, uh, but one of my favorite ones was 
uh, freaking Alice in Chains backing up uh, freaking what's her name? Wilson. Not Annie Wilson. It's, I think it's her daughter. She's a country singer. Gretchen. Oh, really? oh. Gretchen Wilson. I don't think she's no, related to But me. I'll tell you right now, she fucking sounds just like her. She sounds just like Annie Wilson. And they got up there and freaking did Barracuda. That trash mm. was off the chain. It was unbelievable. I mean, the band was rocking. The band was on freaking point and her voice on top of it she sounded just like her and just wailing I mean dude it's uh, I think it was Barracuda yeah it was Barracuda it wasn't crazy on you Um, just totally awesome totally awesome in the spirit of it maybe I'll share the video of it on uh, on uh, our page but uh, so it is YouTube Thursday ladies and gentlemen YouTube, YouTube Thursday, Thursday! Um, I stumbled upon something kind of, kind of weird. Do you, are you familiar with, uh, I'm, I'm assuming this, the name is pronounced, uh, Dr. Steve Brule. Brule! No, no, you're not. Are you familiar with, no. um, are you familiar with, uh, the actor John C. Riley? Okay. Yes. And uh, the series, this the the series Adult Swim. Yes. Okay, I haven't. I'm, I I watched Adult Swim way back because Adult Swim's been on television for ever. It seems like forever. Um, and so so John C. Riley, for folks who don't know, he was Will Ferrell's brother in the movie Step Brothers. He was the other stepbrother. Uh, he was in uh, what was the movie that was the takeoff of Walk the Line? Oh yeah, Dewey. Uh, his name is Dewey. Uh, I can't remember, but, but yeah. I can't remember the name of the movie. But it was freaking hilarious. Um, funny, funny actor. Anyway, uh, so apparently this was, and I just discovered this, but it was uh, the first episode was was almost eleven years ago. It was it was May of two thousand ten. Uh, but it's this series uh, uh, called Check It Out with Dr. Steve Brule. And it's John C. Riley playing the part of this dude who supposedly is a doctor, uh, like introducing you as the artist to these very sort of normal, mundane things. But he is so weird that it's like, he's revealing all of these things to you about like his personal life and everything that are totally inappropriate and just strange. Um, there's one where he goes to uh, Mr. Brown's daycare and like, it's this guy's house and it's obviously not real, but they like, he meets this guy. When you see this guy, Mr. Brown, you're like, there's no way this guy has a daycare center, you know? Uh, because he he looks like some I don't know sixty year old drunk or something, but he welcomes him in whatever, and they go upstairs to the attic, and he's got all of these like they're like kids and midgets or whatever, like just hanging out in this room in the attic with their underwear on. He's like the guy just starts like throwing them candy and stuff, like it's very very weird. But freaking John C. Riley is hilarious in this. The is. You can see moments where he's like letting the character sort of slip a little bit. It changes. He meets this one episode. He meets this. Uh, he meets this woman uh, who he he can never pronounce her name right, but she's from the American Association of Beauty, and she has div- she has she has she's invented this machine that they can put these electrodes on your face, and it'll tell you whether or not you're beautiful or you're ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, the trash is freaking hilarious. I will share, I will share a couple episodes of this on uh, on the page from YouTube, dude. It is freaking. Check it out with Doctor Steve Brule. It's freaking too much, man. Oh my goodness, American Association. American Association of Beauty. Oh my god. So what do you got? So mine is in. 
I love. I don't like this guy has an awesome voice for radio and TV and whatever. Um, but he, it's called. He's his channel is called John Boy, J O M B O Y, okay. and and he breaks down like events that happen in sports, whether it's like somebody gets into a fight or coaches get into it with umpires, whatever, right? And the one that I thought was was kind of interesting and hilarious at the same time was that uh, LeBron James gets into it with fans in the in the seats that were heckling him. And that's yeah. pretty rare. Like there's there's not a whole lot that you know, those guys are pretty like game focused in the zone. You know, they're used to being heckled, especially somebody who has been in the NBA for as long as, as LeBron James. Unless you right? unless your name is freaking what was the name of that dude who uh God I think he changed his name. You remember years ago the dude who went up into the stands, the basketball player? And started whooping oh, that yeah. guy's yeah, ass. <laughs> Meta yeah, Worldwide Meta or World whatever. Was- I don't even know Meta World Man yeah. or something. I don't know, but Jesus, dude, yeah. he he snapped, snapped. Well, LeBron James kind of snapped, and so the guy's like, "Okay, everything's going on," and then LeBron James turns around and like, there is this guy who's like a bald, middle-aged man who has floor seats, and they show a picture. He shows a picture of him, and then his. He talks trash to LeBron James right where he's about to throw in the ball. And LeBron James, like, turned around and said something. They won't say what he said or they didn't couldn't see it. But then the guy's, I don't know if it's girlfriend, wife, much younger. Like, I think she's, like, in her 20s. Uh, girlfriend just starts jawjacking, oh, like, bad LeBron James to where – he, he 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 stops playing and starts walking over there. Oh no. But oh yeah, dude. And then and then of course there's some video of her on her TikTok. She has a uh-huh. TikTok channel and she's like talking shit like this mother mother like he's talking shit to me and my boyfriend. Oh. Dude, it's kind of hilarious but at the same time it's like what the Well, anyway, and at, and at one point, like they, they, she's like, oh yeah. And then he has security come and they get oh, kicked sure. out. Yep. So it's like, you know, if you're the boyfriend, it's like, Hey, I, I have season tickets here. I, I pay, you know, a million dollars to have a ticket here. Right. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can take her, but I'm staying. <laughs> yeah. She's replaceable. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Mr. James. Right, she's, she's interchangeable. Don't but, worry. <laughs> but he has a whole series of these, and he also has a series where he does uh, Freaky Friday, where it's all these random sports from around the world. And w- it, one of the ones I thought of you was the Highlander Games, and it's where they have the, the law event where they call it have the yes. And he was like, so we have the guy, the caber toss. The, the caber toss one yeah. is fucking hilarious because he is there. I have no idea what I'm talking about, but it seems like this guy, he seems like he does a good job and he made it over and he goes and then the, he just goes through oh, yeah. all the contestants. Like, Dude, it's awesome. For folks who've never been there, you got to go. It's, an, it's, a, it's a life-changing event. Go to the Highland Games and check out the, the caber ca- toss. Throwing telephone poles around. Do, do they have... Do they have Highlander games? Uh, they area? actually have one every summer that's in the next town over where my brother lives over in Topsom. Uh, I think that's like the Maine games for the state of Maine. Uh, and then they have one that's it's like a New England level games that's in New Hampshire. I'd really like to check that one out because it looks like it'd be in a cool location. It's up in the uh, up in the White Mountains up here, which I think would be a beautiful lo- locale. You know, maybe there's a nice cool mountain breeze to blow up my kilt. Mm, Indeed. And you know what they say, man? It's only a dress if you're wearing undies. 
Hell yeah. So. (laughs) Well, cool, man. No. Hey, for the folks who are out there checking out the show, thanks for tuning in. It's awesome. Love you all. Tell your family, tell your friends. Monday, New Music Monday. We're going to see what we can dig up. We got the, uh, you know, with the, uh, all that talk about the, uh, the Hall of Fame. There's a lot yeah. of new and old stuff to dig up there and share with everybody. So uh, make sure you tune in and make sure you have a good weekend. All right. Later, man. Later, man.